0: my lovely sweet. Yes?
1: Hello. My name is Tom Chick. You are listening to the quarter to three games podcast. Where we talk to the people who make the forum what it is about the games that matter to them. Today we are here with Jason McMaster. I kind of want to call you McMaster. Is that okay? Ah,
0: Oh, that's fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, you have one of those great last names that I just can't not use. I kind of have one like that as well. So if you want, Jason, you can call me Chick. Chicken McMaster. You know what? I like that. We should go on the road.
0: <laughs> it's like a, a buddy cop movie.
1: It is now. Which cop would I be, and which cop would you be? I think I know the answer. But what? What? How do you see this playing out?
0: I'd like to be the bad cop.
1: Right, you know what? You might have to be the wacky cop, but you know, like the bad, crazy one. You're like the I'm like the straight guy, and you're like the the funny guy. And if you want, you could be the funny guy with an edge, though. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, that works for me. More of a, a Bruce Willis with a little bit more comedy.
1: Yeah, and I'm the guy who does it by the book, the boring cop. Uh, let's uh you want to reenact a scene from it right now? You willing to do this with me? Oh, sure. Okay. McMaster, I want your badge and I want your gun. You're off of this case. You're off your case, chief. You 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 ruined the city in that car chase and the mayor is on our ass. This it's too personal. We're turning it over to the feds.
0: Yeah, fine. You can have my badge and uh, gun because I'm going alone on this
1: one, Master. You come back here. No. <laughs> thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna get calls about this. I know it. Uh,
1: now I don't know if I've ever told you this. Makes this reminds me of my uh, existential knock knock jokes, uh, and I don't know if I've ever done this with, with you. I don't know if I've ever done this on the podcast. But I would like to now enact with you, Jason McMaster, an existential knock-knock joke. Are you ready for this? Up for it, yeah. And and just just go with me on this. You ready? Okay. Knock-knock. Who's there? Hey, man. It's Tom. What are you doing?
0: Oh, uh, you know, not much.
1: Can I, can I come in? you want to hang out?
0: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: Do you have anything to drink? Like, I'm kind of thirsty. I, I walked over here.
0: Yeah, I got uh, some water. I got some Dr. Pepper.
1: Oh, is it diet or is it regular Dr. Pepper? It's diet. You know what? Yeah, I'll have some of that. Uh, yeah, right. and with, with ice. Thank you. So there you go, Jason. That right there, that that was an essential <laughs> knock-knock joke, and I thought you played it beautifully. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, uh, so let's talk a little bit about Jason McMaster. Oh, no. Yes, so tell me what part of the country you're in. You're a Midwesterner, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. We're in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio, I believe.
0: Yes, <laughs> not so far from Bill Abner. He's I, only like an hour from here. And
1: so you've met Bill?
0: Oh, I met Bill at E3. He he won't uh he won't actually meet anyone outside of E3. I think it scares him.
1: Well, what it is is he's busy painting his Warhammer miniatures. And That's probably true. He's also playing uh, some sort of like baseball management game as well. Between those two things, he can't be bothered to have a social life.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, that that sounds about right.
1: Uh, so what do you do in, oh, so real quick before we talk about that, when you mentioned living in Ohio, you, and I noticed this, used first person plural. Oh, yes. So who was the other element of the we? Um, my wife, Sarah. And how long have you been married to Sarah?
0: We were married in 2003. Mm-hmm. So, uh, last October it was six years.
1: Did you do anything special for your anniversary? Not really. You're a terrible husband, Jason. Yeah, I know, I know, right? (laughs) Okay, let me throw this one at you, uh, because I'm convinced that this will lead to an interesting story for most people. At least, I love hearing these stories. Um, Tell me how you met Sarah.
0: I, um, well, strangely enough, uh, Chet, whom you know, Mm -hmm. uh, on Portal of Evil, uh, we were all on the forums uh, together, and after 9-11... He put together a chat room, and we started talking on there, and one thing led to another.
1: Now, so she was just another girl on this chat room. At what point did you guys decide to make the jump to, hey, let's meet in person?
0: Uh, You know, I don't know. I guess we'd been talking for, geez, uh, several months on a pretty regular basis and decided to give it a shot, you know, and it's worked out so far.
1: When you first met her... Was it kind of like, hey, let's just hang out, kind of two people who meet each other online, or were you kind of into her already?
0: I was pretty much already into her, honestly. She's a very interesting person.
1: So it must have been nerve-wracking to actually meet her in person. Do you remember that first time?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly was. Uh, you, you never know what to expect, of course, you know. Uh, but it, it it went well. Mm-hmm. Um she uh, actually at the time She had a lot of uh, She worked for the Cincinnati Ballet In their fundraising department And um, she they took like a crazy vacations At the end of uh, the year Something like two or three weeks And um, she had a lot of time off And uh, I had some time after Christmas And she drove down And spent uh, a couple of days And that's how that started and Then we just started going back and forth Really every month or so
1: And you got a wife out of the deal I did. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Uh, So tell me what you do there in Ohio for your boring old job.
0: Well, as you know, I worked for Crispy Gamer uh, (laughs) for quite some time. And what Uh, happened to
1: there? Wait, Crispy Gamer, they're still around. They're still putting up content.
0: Oh, yeah, it's really good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, yeah. now, it's funny because I don't really go to the site anymore. I, I... I did for a little while just because I was curious mm-hmm. and um now I just, I don't really and I I went the other day just to look and it's really dead. I mean
1: are I they don't not know getting the interns to do new articles? I, I you know what Jason I don't go there either but what I do is I let Troy Goodfellow go there and tell me how horrible the articles are.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what Troy's good at. Troy really <laughs> enjoys telling people how horrible other things are. Yeah. Um <laughs> But no, it's uh you know they still put articles up but nobody comments on them.
1: Oh yeah, ouch.
0: You know, it's just it's all uh, your, it's basic boring stuff that they're doing now and uh you can get that anywhere else with uh, a lot better content you know, they, they don't actually on their front page I looked the other day some of their images are screwed up you know that kind of thing <laughs> nobody uh, cares <laughs> yeah it's, it's really like they just kind of got rid of all of us and then just kind of gave it to some like college students I guess
1: <laughs> so when you were working for them uh it was it mainly the video stuff what in what capacity were you a crispy gamer employee
0: I did a lot of the video at first, um, and then I transitioned over, and I worked with Ryan Quo and Elise Vogel on uh, editorial. But I did the layout and the image uh, uh, construction for, like, uh, all the articles and all that stuff.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I did, like, the technical side of it and made sure that we had all the stuff we needed. Um, I still did video on occasion, but we had just scaled it back because it wasn't really a huge part of Crispy Gamer.
1: Now, you have actually taken that whole video stuff you were doing, I believe, isn't that what you were doing for Crispy Gamer, kind of what you're doing now, or was it something different that you were doing for Crispy Gamer? Um,
0: you know, I, what I did for Crispy Gamer initially was just do raw gameplay footage, uh, two and three minute bits, um, which is very much what I, what we do on FrameRated, um. Uh, But we just took it and made it a lot longer, you know, 10, 20 minutes uh, a lot of times. Um, And we're also trying to do a few original things. But, yeah, with Crispy I did that, and I had uh, Jason McMaster Thrill Seeker, uh, which was my short-lived show, uh, where I would just take clips that were, I don't know, something funny that happened, you know, like all the crazy things that can happen in open-world games. Um, we would take clips of like crazy things happening. I would slow it down, like run it back in slow motion, have a voiceover for it. And uh I mean it was pretty funny. We had a couple episodes and we were working on some more, but you know, and then all of a sudden everything shut down. So
1: So two things I love about that Jason. First of all that that it's sort of like taking open world games and applying the America's funniest home video uh, take to it. Like, Hey, here's yeah. something wacky. And the second thing I love about it is that you put your name on it. <laughs> Jason oh. McMaster's I love, I mean, even somebody who's like, I don't know who Jason McMaster is, but obviously his name belongs on this thrill seeker video. I just, I oh, love yeah. that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have a name like that, that I think belongs in front of something. It, it looks like, even if you don't know who the person is, it looks like, well, yeah, that goes there. Um, I'm, I'm like an, an American McGee. I'm not sure his name fits, though. See, his name no, is like so true. weird and odd that it, it detracts from the title of what it's in front of. Because when you Pretty talk much. about American McGee's Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland is, in a way, so commonplace that the American McGee, the strangeness of that, is upstaging it. But your name, it's conventional, but it has enough of a catch that uh, I I think it it fits. Here's another buddy of mine who has a similar name to this. I think his name belongs in front of a title, Gordon Cameron. I I think, like, Gordon Cameron's Thrill Seekers. I mean, that's just perfect. I wish I had a name like that. Uh, Gordon Cameron's Danger Cats. Whatever. Wow. Did that just come off the top of your head? Yes. That is a beautiful thing, Jason McMaster. thank you. (laughs) Whatever, I don't know. Gordon Cameron, if you're listening, get to work pronto on something called Danger Cats, because that's something <laughs> that I want to see or read or listen to, whatever it is, <laughs> or play. <laughs> well oh, So, yeah. so frame rated, uh, by the way, I think it should be Jason McMaster's frame rated. Just, just yeah that,
0: yeah, that could be done.
1: So tell us about frame rated. What is frame rated, um, and what are you doing with it?
0: Well, we have a few different... Uh basic uh, shows that we like to do. We have the 20s, which is just the exact first 20 minutes of a game after the credits and stuff, um, straight, uh, load times, all that stuff. Um, we have uh, the uh, one of our other big things uh, that we do is sessions, which is where we just take, like, a segment out of the center of a game, um, as long as it, like, maybe a mission or two. Uh, from something And then we also do a, a new piece We're working on called In Real Life We've only done one of those so far But we're taking video game logic And trying to almost like combine it With Mythbusters In like a, a real short kind of Maybe like 30 seconds to a minute clips um, The first one that we've put out Is uh, of my friend Brian uh, Hitting a bush with a wooden sword To see if a
1: rupee will come out it. <laughs> And, uh, and how did that fare? Did, did the rupees come out?
0: Unfortunately, no. No, <laughs> the rupees did not make it. Um, and so we t- we tried that one, and uh, we've got a few others uh, that we're in uh, post
1: production on right now. Can Can you tease one of them, or would that be giving it away?
0: Oh, let's see. Uh, there's a couple. We have. Um, uh, does uh, Does eating food actually make you feel better, like in Gauntlet or heal injuries? <laughs> um, We have should you drink uh, mysterious liquids you find around that look like potions. Ah. um, We had pushing on tombstones to see if you find a secret entrance. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we've got quite a few. We're going to try to do uh, quite a number of them.
1: Can I recommend one? Oh, sure. Is there always a power-up hidden behind a waterfall? That's a good question. I I think think, from everything I know in video games, I think it's usually a safe assumption. If you get behind the waterfall, there's a power-up back there. So I don't know. That's that's a really safe assumption. Yeah, so you might look into that one. Uh, So I'm curious about the idea of just running raw game footage. I remember... A while ago, you know, actually it was Mark Asher, the guy I started Quarter to Three with, he used to say, and it took me a while to come around to this, but he used to say, to find out about an upcoming video game, just show me a screenshot. And I used to be, no, Mark, you got to know more than that. That's not fair. But I think a few representative screenshots, and make sure you get the interface in there. You know, don't do a bull shot where you're up resing it or, or whatever. Uh, just right. a few good screenshots really say a lot about a video game. Uh, and I, I can't help but feel that you guys have really hit on something here by just, you know, sh- film the first 20 minutes of the game and let the user, if he wants, sort of fast-forward through your video, but just just put the first 20 minutes out raw. Um, how, how did you hit on this? Uh, because I think it's a great idea.
0: You know, I, I guess it was when I first started uh, writing for Crispy Gamer... I, I started talking to John a lot and he needed somebody to do video for the site
1: and, and just to, I, to specify this is John Kiefer, uh right, who John helped Kiefer. found the site formerly of GameSpy, right?
0: Right. And I believe he's with game politics mm-hmm. now. Um he uh he actually uh he needed somebody to do video and I, I volunteered. Uh I, I went out and I purchased this uh the set top box uh called a Hava. Uh Hava remote or something like that. And I set it up to record basic standard definition stuff and uh i kind of got into it further from there i started getting more interested in it and uh started doing research bought a few more pieces of hardware so i could do like hd recording and started learning a lot about compression and while i was doing this uh it just kind of occurred to me that you know there's sites like game trailers and ign and all you know game uh, spot all these places they have game trailers and all that, but you, you never really see what you're going to get in a game. You know, it, 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 there's only so much description you can read about something without being able to see it, to understand what's going on. Uh, and so I thought, well, nobody really does it. I mean, not like we do. So why not give it a shot? And uh, so far it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's not catching on as as quickly as I'd like, but... That's the Internet for you.
1: Now, once again, I have noticed, McMaster, that you are using first-person plural. Uh, what is going on with FrameRated as far as uh, setting up associations and who you're doing it with?
0: Oh, um, well, uh, actually, I've, I started FrameRated uh, with two friends of mine, Brian Ballinger and Nick Braza, and um, just as a kind of a little business idea of ours, we, we pulled our money together to get uh, a camera, um, and uh, a few other things and managed to get it all written because I've provided a, a really large portion of the of the content on the site. Um, and at the time, I was also providing content for Crispy and all these other places, so I couldn't have actually worked on the site at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Nick and Brian came in. And Brian also has done a few of our interviews. Uh, we interviewed um, a guy who... Travels around uh, with those BattleTech pods, if you know what I'm talking about.
1: Wow, like the um, old, like the old arcade kind of games. That right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, we have Gen Con and Origins uh, over on this side, uh, pretty close to where I live. So we we go to those conventions every year, and he he shows up with his eight to twelve BattleTech pods and just makes tons of cash and. Uh, you know, we interviewed him and did a special on that. And I had the camera with me at E3, but a lot of the footage wasn't that great this year. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's mostly just booth walks. Nobody really wants to do a a, a camera interview most of the time uh, at E3, uh, unless unless they're just showing you the same stuff you've seen about a million times, right. or you know, I, in which I'm not that interested in because people are not going to come to my site
1: for that you know, right, it's the, all very canned yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. all product stuff that they want to package and, and put out there for people in, in little bites right right
0: absolutely i mean that's why i kind of liked a couple of things that crispy gamer did last year at e3 with uh john Teddy doing his uh mascot thing and everything it, it was actually you know foot coverage that was not the same thing you'd see every day from e3 um but yeah, that's uh and so and so we, we have the camera, we've done a few interviews and uh you know, our actually our biggest bit, uh I think our most popular uh video to date is we interviewed Bill Roper last, uh Gen Con.
1: Oh well yeah, that'll get all those like like Hellgate and Blizzard hits and Warcraft hits, sure, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We got uh, we got a good bit, you know, he was doing champions at the time, which I guess he's recently been relieved of. Oh no! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, something like uh, like uh, last week, I believe they took him off the project.
1: Um, oh, Bill Roper is like the ancient mariner of of game design. <laughs> that poor yeah. guy. Wow, he's off Champions now. Okay.
0: Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. It, it really. I don't know how much of it's Roper's problem if Champions had a problem. Yeah, if you know what I mean, it's 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 a hard market right now. Yeah, that's the true. MMO market. That's
1: very true.
0: I mean, and you have City Heroes, it's been out a lot longer. Um but uh yeah, we we interviewed him and uh David Gator from uh Dragon Age. Mhm.
1: And, uh, you know, uh, well stuff now, like that. So is frame-rated still just you three guys, or did I, I – I thought that you were, like, partnering. I could be mistaken, but I thought you had oh. some partnering deal going. Maybe not.
0: Um, it's just us uh, still doing all the frame-rated stuff. Uh, we actually have been – um, having uh, BitMob uh, Dan yeah. uh project, uh, he has been reposting our video, and we've been uh, putting a bumper up in front of it for him and everything, and, and we get like a reference for it.
1: Okay, okay right, because that I think you know Dan is a good guy to sort of get in bed with, figuratively speaking. I would, oh yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, and literally. I mean, Whoa! Are, you, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Now, so when you're doing the 20s, I'm curious, have any games been uh, – like some games obviously have a real strong early 20-minute hook. Uh, What games have been really challenging where you're shooting it for the first 20 minutes and you're going, this just isn't going to work or it's problematic somehow? Uh, Have there been any weird challenges there?
0: I've tried strategy games. Ah, I've yes, tried, absolutely <laughs> terrible for gameplay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll still do them, you know. <laughs> but you
1: know what, Jason? Also, for screenshots, uh, just just visually speaking, a lot of strategy games are just terrible for that kind of representation.
0: <laughs> well, right. It, it's it's like, who cares what your graphics look like in a strategy game? I mean, it's yeah. I mean, of course it matters, but. For the most part, who cares how much detail goes into each unit? Because you're not going to be that close to them, right? (laughs) You know that's the problem with empire.
1: (laughs) (laughs) um, Let me think. But but now you you do them anyway, right? Like is is that sort of the policy? it doesn't matter how dull it is? Here's twenty minutes, and you know you don't have to watch it, but we're going to put it up there. Isn't that sort of the approach? Yeah, I mean, there's been one or two
0: that I I never ended up doing something with. Uh, I think they were too dull. Um, Just and. Really, who cared? Uh, and there were some that I really shouldn't have uh, put up uh, just because it was a waste of time.
1: Uh, like, you, well, give me a mea culpa here. Like, what do you feel is one that, that was kind of a waste of time?
0: Let me take a look real quick. Um, what was that cowboy steampunk game last year? Oh, the, oh, the one really with verticality?
1: Terrible. Damnation, maybe? Damnation, yeah.
0: Yeah, that one wasn't worth the time. <laughs> you don't get a lot of hits on Damnation. <laughs> Bionic Commando, another one, you know. <laughs> Speaking of which, I've been playing a lot of Just Cause 2, and that's a really great game. And if you had put Bionic Commando on there <laughs> instead of Just Cause 2, that franchise would have done much better.
1: You know what? That That is so funny, Jason, because there are similarities. Like Bionic Commando, the grappling hook was like their their big selling point, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think a lot of Just Cause 2 is the fact that uh, Avalanche had This is their second iteration. You know, the first time they did Just Cause, it had some cool stuff. They had cool technology. They had some good ideas. But they had to sort of screw it up once and then do it right the second time. Uh, Oh, yeah. Whereas Bionic Commando, who made that? It's the guys that did the Terminator game, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. They closed down.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. They made, like, three not-so-great games and immediately disappeared. Oh, God, what was their name?
1: I want to say it's, like, Snowblind or – anyway, yeah, but that – they were just sort of cranking out just just packaged franchise games in these sort of linear action environments.
0: Um, Yeah, it really was. It it was basically all of their games were just these prepackaged concepts that they just came in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, now I feel bad. I can't remember. I feel like since they died, I should be a bit more respectful of them. Uh, and I can't even remember the studio's name, but oh well. oh well.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, you have to be remembered for something, I guess.
1: So you've done a frame-rated, or you've done a 20s on Just Cause 2?
0: I have not yet, actually. I, I need to. I uh, have actually been slammed with uh, work for uh,
1: the GDC. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Did you go? So you went to GDC, obviously, right?
0: I actually didn't go. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Uh, they uh, they recorded all of the room's uh, audio, and I'm doing a lot of audio work for them. Right? Ah, right, right, right. And so I've I've had Just Cause 2, and I can't really record it and do the audio work at the same time, unfortunately. Uh, so I just kind of end up either playing that or Bad Company 2 while I'm waiting for all my encoding to finish.
1: Uh, just Cause 2, by the way, is as far as games... That make great footage is probably one of the best video games ever created in oh, terms yeah. of just watching stuff happen. Uh, it's just custom made for for that for those kind of shenanigans.
0: It really is. I, I mean, the the wire thing. You know, the first time you attach somebody to like a plane or one of those canisters <laughs> or whatever and watch them shoot off, that's absolutely the best.
1: Uh, now, I don't know if you know this, The one of the selling points for the PlayStation 3 version, and when I first heard about this, I was kind of like, that's silly, who cares? But having played the game, I now think this is a brilliant bullet point. On the PlayStation 3 version, you can apparently hit a button or something to record the last, I, I don't know, 30 seconds of whatever's happened and post it as a, a video to YouTube. I don't know how well it works. Oh, but That is awesome. That is awesome, yeah. That, that's one of their <laughs> bullet points. Uh, that's and that's it. It's such
0: a shame, you know, with the PlayStation 3, because there are certain times that I want to purchase their games, but I also want the gamer score, and, you know. You are <laughs> just so
1: to... superficial and shallow, Jason.
0: I know, I know, it's horrible.
1: What's your gamer score?
0: Oh, it's not that great either, it's like 28,000. <clears> I know, I'm a total rookie, I'm not Xerox, he's the one that scares me. Ask, ask me about mine. What's your, what's your gamer score?
1: Oh, about 33-some-odd thousand. Oh! About 5,000 more than yours. <laughs> that,
0: just, uh, that just stings.
1: <laughs> but, you know, I also I love whipping this out, Jason McMaster. I have the excuse that a lot of times I play a game, it's on a dev kit. So I have played yeah. many games, and I don't get my gamer score credit. So for all intents and purposes, I feel it's only fair to double my existing gamer score as a more accurate portrayal.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah. Just make it 100,000.
1: You know what? Let's round it up. Sure, absolutely. (laughs) Uh,
0: You know, we'll we'll call Microsoft. I'm sure we'll change it. You're Tom Chick. (laughs) What are they going to do? Not?
1: (laughs) I have to say, though, there's a very thin line between being proud of my gamer score and ashamed of it (laughs) because there are so many things that I have done for my gamer score that I would not have otherwise done in a game. Such as playing King Kong, you know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things I've done for those thirty-three thousand points that I'm not proud of.
0: You know, I never even I never even thousand-pointed King Kong. I couldn't do it. I hated that game. I, uh, it drove me nuts.
1: I I didn't either. But I the only reason i played it was because hey easier easy gamer score points i'll just push forward a little bit farther uh yeah
0: oh sure you know i
1: mean Uh, i haven't gone so far i've got a copy of it here but there's apparently uh some like avatar last airbender game where you can get something like 400 points in the tutorial uh wow and i haven't gone so far as to break the shrink wrap on that I, i think the moment i do that is when i've lost all integrity Uh, yeah
0: i think you might have uh, at that point you just need to let it go
1: right yeah so now it's worth pointing out though that i haven't gotten rid of that copy you know i keep it around just in case but if you ever go onto my profile (laughs) and you see that i've earned those points from avatar last airbender uh i want you to stage an intervention for me
0: oh i will trust me i will (laughs) i've I've had to stop friends from doing that before with those doritos (laughs) games and the burger king and
1: oh those were giving out gamer score points that's right Yeah. Advertising things. Oh, yeah. Did you do those? Uh,
0: You know, I have a couple of them, but I I hardly played
1: them. Okay. What's the worst, what's the, can you think of the most extreme thing you've done to get Gamer Score points? Like the stupidest achievement you actually tried for, or the, the, the brick wall you hit your head against the longest for Gamer Score points?
0: You know, I think the one that I could never achieved that I I tried in tandem with my wife to get was uh, uh, Tales of Vesperia uh, has an achievement where you, I think there's a couple, there's one where you have to get your dog to like mark a tree in like most every part of the world, (laughs) and then like, it's like these ridiculous things, and there's one about getting most of the conversation options, but you'd have to go through that game so many times because they like randomize it. So that's it. wow, there's there's some that I just can't do. I mean, I I'm, I'm occasionally shocked by some of my achievements because I just haven't realized I got them. Like I I just got uh, a couple of days ago, I got the Battlefield Bad Company Two One Day Played Award. You know, holy cats! Uh,
1: you've done 24 hours of Battlefield oh, Bad yeah. Company Two
0: over uh, over that now. Wow, wow! <laughs> I've had a lot of time with the audio work. Lately.
1: <laughs> now that's only multiplayer, right? Does it count? It doesn't count right. the single player,
0: right? Just multiplayer.
1: Wow. Okay, uh, why are you playing Battlefield Bad Company Two and not Modern Warfare Two, which is more popular?
0: Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge Modern Warfare fan. I, I think I like the campaign to an extent because it's well produced. Though the second one was intensely—I don't know—I felt rushed. And like it was almost like nerve-wracking. It was like a, everything. There was there was like never a moment where it's not you know. Somebody's got, gonna blow up the world. <laughs> you, know, you know, like it's like constant. Right. Um, and I just, you know, I don't know. I, I like the vehicles. I like the, I like the bigger space. Uh, I like the destruction of it. I just get tired of. You know, modern warfare is one of those games that I will never be able to keep up with. Um,
1: it really just, is discouraging. I find it so yeah. discouraging to play Modern Warfare 2 in a way that I don't feel discouraged when I'm playing Bad Company 2 or, or MAG. MAG is the other one I really like.
0: Yeah, actually, I like uh, Bad Company 2 and MAG. They're both good games. Um, and I agree. It's Modern Warfare 2 has such a following, and it's so hardcore that it's it's reminiscent of the Halo following. Yeah. Yes, you know
1: what? Very good comparison, yeah. Yeah.
0: There's no way you can compete with, you know, like, a bunch of, like, teenage kids that, you know, play every day, all day during the summer or after school, you know. You just can't compete with that. So it's it's really depressing. It just, yeah, and I don't even put on, like, my headset anymore when I play, you know. <laughs> like, oh, why would I?
1: Oh, because, yeah, exactly. You don't want to interact with those people. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, my God. You know, it's like I don't want to hear about uh, all the different things that I've done to my mother or the rest of my family or <laughs> – or whatever, you know. I don't care. I'm just going to kill people and have a good time.
1: <laughs> now, I want to ask you about two things, Jason McMaster. One of them I know is you. The other one I think is you, but I'm not sure. I'm going to start with the one that I think is you, but I'm not sure. Is there something, and I apologize if I'm confusing you with someone else on the forum, but is there something about you skiing on a burning couch being towed behind a car or am I talking to someone else? <laughs>
0: um It was someone else, but I'm involved with that. Uh, My uh, best friend, Walt, and I made this movie called uh, The Heart of Nowhere. Uh, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, originally, Um, and we... um we had this place near where uh, we grew up called Brantleyville, which is like this little uh, gas mining kind of plant, mill, quarry kind of area. Well, there was like never anybody out there, and uh, we, uh, my friend Walt, had a truck, so we would go driving around out there and exploring, and you know, just whatever, you know, bored teenagers. And um, we discovered once um, that uh, we we had found this old couch out there. And we had a we had like a tow rope with us, so we tied the couch to the back of the truck, and we we're just dragging it around. I mean, this is like absolutely deserted, like dirt roads. You know? So like, we're just driving it around, and then eventually it drugged for a while, and it, it caught on fire, and we thought that was pretty cool. So uh, you know, we on occasion we told people about it, and then they wanted to come and view the couch dragging, and so <laughs> we would bring more of these groups of people out. We'd go buy like a couch at a thrift store for a couple of bucks. And uh we'd attach it to the back of the truck and we'd drag it around and uh once or twice I rode on it. Um uh yeah, like a skiing thing. But the the thing that you're probably talking about is our friend Thor Jensen, uh K Thor, uh, the other guy from Portal of Evil. Um he came to uh uh spend a few days with me once and uh we went out there, and uh, he wanted to see the couch dragging in Brantleyville. And we were like, okay. So we had a video camera, and we were working on the film uh, The Heart of Nowhere uh, at the time. And we were like, hey, can we uh, record you just riding the couch You know, as a promotion? He's like, yeah, that sounds cool. So we're like, okay, how about this? Can we set the couch on fire? <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> so we get out there, and we tie the couch to the back of it. And uh, we set the couch on fire. And we're dragging Thor Jensen around, and he's in the video footage we have. He's uh, reading a paper, which really well, he wasn't supposed to be at first. But the the smoke and the flames were like uh, bothering him too much, so he had to hold up a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little a little bit of inside the actor studio. <laughs> <laughs> the heart of nowhere, twelve feet tall.
1: <laughs> That'll also make sure you put that on the director's commentary as well.
0: Oh, I will. Yes, I will. But <laughs> God, that movie—it's so disjointed and bizarre. Because all it was was like little clips of weird stuff we'd seen. It made maybe half an hour of just like weird, disjointed editing. It's—it's it's totally bizarre. I can't even imagine a commentary for it. You'd like start a sentence and then have to start another sentence. You know? And here's the, Oh wait, here's the, and then the
1: yeah. I think that, so that, that to me, Jason is this fascinating instance of bored teenagers in rural areas combined with video cameras, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, like the, the, the creative output of combining those two elements, uh, I, I think a lot of us have experienced and have resulted in some wonderful and, and strange things. Uh,
0: oh yeah, no, there's no doubt uh that video camera was was so amazingly fun. There's I'm, nothing better.
1: <laughs> there there's footage somewhere and this would have been this would have predated video stuff. I think this is probably like a little Super 8 camera uh of me and my friend Brett Aker in high school back in Little Rock, Arkansas. And for some reason we made a a short movie that all I can recall it being about is me with an axe chopping up these wooden pallets that we found out behind an abandoned warehouse.
0: (laughs) I love pallets.
1: Wooden pallets. pallets. Exactly. Pallets. By the way, I think pallets uh, are underrepresented in video gaming.
0: Oh, you know, I agree. There's crates everywhere. Exactly. You hardly ever see a pallet. You know, Grand Theft Auto had pallets, though it had uh, in Vice City you had to load those trucks uh CJ uh did with like military yeah I mean, not Vice City San Andreas right uh San Andreas you had to load trucks with military stuff and there were pallets there yeah. if i remember correctly
1: I'm I, excited i think, about I, that. I think that's a new trend is uh including pallets. there's no no pallets in just cause 2 that i found so far. you know what there are there are wooden racks for uh those those tanks of flammable stuff that's kind of like oh yeah pallet.
0: I, I love those. That's like, yeah, I, I just look for those before I, I kill anybody. Yeah, I'll take the bullets. I, I just want to see if I can shoot someone in space right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, now at the, any point. The, the other Jason McMaster thing that I think you're known for – oh, I, oh, by the way, I wanted to bring up this idea of you talking about your, your couch dragging. Uh, this isn't nearly – I'm not implicating you in any way, but there's an incredibly vile, fantastic – Gross, disturbing, well-written short story by a guy named Joe Lansdale, uh, who tends to write Texas-centric horror stories uh, called Night They Missed the Horror Show. Uh, And I don't really recommend that anybody reads it, but if you do ever come across it, your story about the burning couch just dragging something behind your truck out of boredom reminded me of Night They Missed the Horror Show. Uh, That is online, so if you Google Night They Missed the Horror Show by Joe Lansdale, you can see what I'm talking about. But don't read it. It's really vile stuff, just so you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just kind of flipped to it real quick. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, it's pretty vile.
1: (laughs) Uh, So the other thing I want to ask you about, uh, why is it on Quarter to Three that you're known for something to do with punching frag dolls? (laughs) What is that? What is that? (laughs) You know,
0: I you know, I really don't know how that started in a way. Yeah, I I guess it's always been a joke to me that uh, I I'm one of those guys that uh, I, I don't sit around and lust after celebrities all the time. You know, like you know the kind of guy that they sit around like, Oh, she's hot, you know, and that's all they talk about. Right. <laughs> like And whether you know, or not I, you would hit it and all that stuff. Sure. Right, yeah. Exactly. Right. You know, I I'm I'm totally not that type of person. In fact I'm kind of the other way like when people start doing that I, I like to you know say you know just obnoxious things like right. you, know, you know you're sure i'd really hit it you know like, <laughs> oh i get you, it okay yeah
1: and so, you know what i just now made that connection i understand right yeah, I see like
0: you know, <laughs> just and and i always thought that it's just so so sad that that things like the frag dolls exist because because it's it's just you know drawing uh, on people's, you know, the uh, sex appeal for gaming is just kind of depressing to me.
1: It's really a lowest common denominator thing, and and what, yeah. what frustrates me about it, Jason, is that it's presented as if I'm supposed to care about what's being uh, promoted or sold or advertised simply because there's an attractive girl there, uh, right. and, and that's just so that ugh, that's just so cheap. Uh, oh yeah. Now, granted, it's probably effective, but whatever. I, I just, I, I share your frustration, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it just gets old, you know, what's the point of it? Uh, it's, it, it it's a huge,
1: I don't know, waste of time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would not literally want to punch a frag doll, but by the way, I am with you, Jason McMaster, 110% in terms of, of like, figuratively being a frag doll puncher.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've never – I wouldn't actually punch one unless she came at me with a knife.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Only in self-defense, right. (laughs) Like a box cutter. (laughs) Uh, My exposure to the Frag Dolls, and I'm proud to – I was going to say I'm proud to say this, but now that I realize what I'm about to confess, I'm not sure I'm proud. Uh, I don't know any of the Frag Dolls' marketing stuff, but there was a reality TV show that was broadcast on the Sci Fi channel that they hired me to blog about, and one of the contestants who i really grew fond of over the course of the show was a former frag doll uh and and she was not a conventional like like she didn't have the conventional body type and uh there was something kind of maternal about her but she was really cool and i after watching the show for a while i was kind of disappointed to discover oh she's she's on there because she's famous as a as a frag doll that's uh
0: that's kind of a surprise
1: yeah so, all right. Well, I'm with you there. So, why on earth, Jason McMaster, do you want to talk about Heavy Rain, a PlayStation 3 adventure game that's, well, that's fairly controversial? I think you.
0: Well, you know, that's the thing about it is it's it it is more of an adventure game than anything else, and I don't I don't know if many people really pegged it is that as well as it should have been. If you know what I mean, uh, it's it's certainly uh more of a like the Sierra LucasArts kind of like hmm. game than any you know anything that's really come out you know, of course other than the point and click games uh but but it's it doesn't really get that you know the the big hype surrounding it was its graphics and uh it's i guess mature storyline um but it, it's I don't know. It's a game that I really liked, but it's it's certainly one that's been very, very hot and cold reception.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell me why you liked it.
0: Um, I guess the reason I liked it was that when I played it, I played it like basically straight through because I was pretty uh, fascinated with it. I, I like the story. I like the plot line, though it was a touch ludicrous.
1: Now, before parts. real quick, before we go on too far, I, I want to break the discussion into two halves. Um, so for those of you listening who have not played Heavy Rain, oh, yeah. we'll start out with non-spoiler discussion. But then I want to get into some in-depth spoiler discussion, so I will warn you before we do that. So just so you know, Jason, let's, let's do non-spoiler first and then save this, the heavy spoiler stuff, which I definitely want to talk about after we've warned people. So. Okay. So, so go ahead. You were saying why you liked it. Uh, I cut you off. Yeah. The, uh,
0: you know, the atmosphere of the game, it, it, they did a pretty good job. Of that and and they did they did a really good job of the uh I, well i don't know about really good there there are parts of it that are like a, a really good environments and some of it is you know a little hit or miss um the the voice acting was completely hit or miss uh, i don't understand some of their choices for some of the characters um but but just the the overall atmosphere uh and uh it's kind of an interesting story, you know, it it almost feels like a, a, a seven, you know, saw kind of, that kind of gritty cop fiction kind of thing, or, uh, and that appeals to me to an extent, though I'm not a huge fan of the Saw movies or anything like that. Um, It's a, it's just one of those games that kind of just like really captured me. Now, of course, when I was done with it, I was absolutely done. You know, there's 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 zero replay.
1: <laughs> well, you, now you say that, Jason, but I wonder, uh, the, the, the point of uh, Heavy Rain is that as you're playing, uh, you make different choices and the story can unfold different ways. Were you not curious to go back and see some of the other ways the story could unfold? Because I wonder if they wanted you to replay it for that reason. I don't know if that's the case or not, uh, but did that have any draw for you? You know, um, I guess I, I don't know why,
0: but I, I totally I, I played the game on the hardest settings and I, I I hardly missed any of the actual action sequences, the entire game. Uh in fact I beat it on uh with no spoilers or anything, but what the uh guy, you know, that wrote it would consider the uh his actual written ending, which was a near perfect ending. Mm-hmm. Um and after I'd gone through that I pretty much understood where everything was going to go if I went back and tried it again. Now there was one or two parts that I went and were, you know I was really curious about, mm-hmm. and uh, I just jumped straight to those chapters and I played them slightly differently. And uh, because you know you can you don't have to start from the beginning. <laughs> right. So so really at that point if you're curious about something uh, I'm not gonna if I don't have to I'm not gonna go through the beginning scene ever again or, you know, where he loses his son, which is a pretty, you know, that's a non-spoilery kind of thing because that's all over the, that's the beginning of the game. Right, that is sort of like, the prologue in a way. Yeah, um, I, I don't want to go through that again. There's not really anything you're going to be able to change in it. Um, so it, it's one of those games that, it, it hooks it hooks me really, really hard, but it certainly, it didn't keep me after that. You know, there was no comeback.
1: Now tell me how you felt about uh, the... When you had these adventure games that Sierra did, they were point and click. Uh, you right. presented a scene. You basically just had to figure out what to click on. Some of them had some rudimentary uh, inventory puzzles. There's none of that, really, in, in Heavy Rain. Um, no. How did Thank you God. feel about the, and I'm using air quotes here, gameplay <laughs> in Heavy Rain? <laughs>
0: um you know, that's kind of the problem with it in a way. is, uh, And I knew that when when I'd actually finished or even played a little bit of it at the beginning was the biggest knock this game's going to have is that people are going to say it's not a game because it is just a quick-time event. And it is. I mean, there's no doubt. But so were the adventure games. You know what I mean? Uh, it's you, you purchase those games not because it was this huge challenge uh, for the most part. You purchase those games to play through the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Monkey Island. That's like... Probably my favorite game, and um, I, yeah, you know, I've beaten it five or six times, all that. But it's not like I replayed it because I wanted uh, a, a challenge, right? Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like watching an old movie again, except you know, this uh, Heavy Rain is one of those. 11-hour-old movies. <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch over and over again. Well,
1: it's sort of like they don't expect you to be there for the gameplay so much as for the writing. I mean, the gameplay is a formality to unlock the story, and, and the reward isn't the gameplay. It's the writing. It is the story. It's the dialogue oh, yeah. with the characters.
0: Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Um, like, uh, the, the coolest part of the game in the, in the way of gameplay to me was the, the FBI agent, you know, his stuff. Uh, I mean, that was, I mean, that was kind of neat. Like, I, I liked the walking around looking at things. Um, of course, then again, there's the walking, <laughs> which everybody's fond of. Um,
1: I never you know. could get that. I don't know what was going on. I kept losing track of, is it, is it relative or is, is it always the same direction you're pointing the stick? Uh. How come I'm going so fast? I just felt so spastic (laughs) trying to just walk across a room in heavy rain.
0: I did it first, and I really – I eventually got the hang of it, but that was probably because I just, like, played it in one huge marathon, basically, uh, you know. And so uh, I kind of just – I went through it, and – and it kind of occurred to me much later that maybe I didn't have as big of a problem because my wife and I are huge fans of the original Silent Hill games mm-hmm. and they are like you know that's that's easily some of the worst uh walking <laughs> controls in the history of of gaming uh, i <laughs> like that that con- like their design decisions for that game and uh, some of the the Derek Smart uh control decisions I've seen <laughs> from you know Universal <laughs> Combat and stuff where. Some of the ones that made me scratch my head the most.
1: So what you're saying is you're you're, you're highly trained at dealing with awkward walking interfaces.
0: <laughs> I believe that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that there are very few people that have uh, played as many games with bad interfaces as I have. And I'm sure. Well, you have by far more uh, bad interface action than I do. But uh, as far as the average layman goes, uh, I think I've probably played much worse games than most people can imagine.
1: Now, now, let me ask you, and, and I, I want to jump uh, – I'm sort of champing at the bit to get into spoilery discussions because there's very specific <sighs> things I want to talk about. But before we do right. that, uh, tell me uh, – well, actually, first of all, Jason, let me ask you – I'm going to put put you on the spot here ask you a quiz. What is the FBI agent's name? Can you answer that test question?
0: Oh, God. I see. There was Ethan as the main right. character. Right. His Marks. name is Agent Thomas.
1: Um not even close. <laughs> oh. So Thomas. I'm, I'm curious about your pronunciation of it, uh, so I can't tell you what it is.
0: All right. Let me, I got the box here. I got the box right here. Is
1: his name on the box? Because that's kind of cheating, actually, if you have to read the name. I'm curious what you know of his name based on how you've heard him oh, it's, say
0: it. It's, oh, okay. Okay. I actually remembered it. It's Nam and Jaden.
1: Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nam and Jaden.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I really, like, I liked it. I was okay with most of his voice acting. I just don't understand his accent. Yeah, yeah, like that's the problem with the game. I think the worst, like actual voice acting and accent, was the the uh, privatized sidekick girl. Like I don't even understand her. It's everything was like being read off of a cue card. Oh
1: yeah, that's right. Now I also got confused, and actually I'm still not sure if I know this. Jason, was she the one who uh, is? You know what? I'm going to save that for I'm going to make a note. Ask about...
0: I I, I know what you're probably going to
1: ask. Yeah, because there's two women that Scott Shelby interviews early on, and I was never clear which one ends up becoming his sidekick. So, she doesn't have a baby, right? She's not the one with the baby. No,
0: no, no. no. She's the one that he goes to at the very beginning of the game. So, she's
1: the hooker with a heart of gold character. Right, right. Okay. That's, That's what I thought, because I didn't know if... The baby was something. I was like, don't you have a child at home? Shouldn't you be taking care of him instead of gallivanting about with a PI? So, no, okay, it was the hooker. That
0: that baby part's kind of baffling, too. Like, I understand why it's in the story, but I don't understand. Well, maybe I should say I don't understand why it's in the story. I mean, I understand why it's in the story, but I don't know why it was put in.
1: I want to talk about that. I'm going to make a note. Baby part. Let me write that because we'll get to that spoiler bit. But before we move on to uh, spoiler stuff, I want to ask you, for people who haven't played it yet, for for a wider audience, uh, did you care about the characters?
0: Um, I'll tell you, I liked the main character, Ethan. I actually did like his character, though. He was a little... some weird writing with him uh, on one or two points. Um, And I liked uh, Shelby yeah you know actually i did like him I, I i think the character that you get least connected to is the dark haired uh girl um madison yeah she yeah madison page she's uh other than that um d l c that they released that i played through um they haven't a uh, she doesn't really you know uh she's so little and like so little involvement in the actual story
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's so weird that they actually kind of included that character um it's almost like a Catalyst character, you know, <laughs> like a patch.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's like, a nar- she's a narrative patch. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, she like she just ties it together, I guess, and no one else could.
1: <laughs> Let me throw out my objection, and I, I want this to be more about what you thought of Heavy Rain than me, but I want to throw out my objection and see what you have to say about this. Uh, because it can't rely on gameplay, because it's relying so much on, on narrative, on you caring about the story, um... I felt, for me personally, Heavy Rain was a, was a failure because it was trying to be a character-driven story, and I feel it failed at making me care about the characters partly because they never transcended to me being creepy puppets. Now, if David Cage, I believe his name is, if he had written this script and shot it as a movie with good actors, and I was watching actors and I felt that emotional connection with other human beings, I think that's what makes a character-driven story work. But for me, it was always an obstacle seeing these awkwardly animated puppets. I just felt they were so stuck in that uncanny valley that I really had a hard time uh, caring about them and the story. Uh, and that was just a huge obstacle for me. And then that so that that didn't bother you. You were able to sort of deal with that. You
0: know, like I'll say that the character that I actually wanted to play most of the time was either Jaden or or Ethan. And I mean, four reasons that are pretty easy to guess because like their parts are like the more interesting storylines on average um and yeah i i guess the the only character that actually kind of looked like he might have been animated well uh like or outside of the or coming close to being outside of the uncanny valley is ethan Mm -hmm. uh because the rest of them they have they do have kind of like a creepy quality like norman jaden
1: especially (laughs) you're saying it wrong by the way it's Naman. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Nam and Jaden. Yeah, it's, I do understand that guy's uh, accent. I, I think, like, the side characters a lot of the times were more interesting than the main characters. You know, like, even the little bit players. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. It's it's kind of funny. Well,
1: you know, it's right. funny that you mention uh, Nam and Jaden and Ethan Mars, because for me, the only thing that kept me playing Heavy Rain, and I didn't have to play it, the only thing that kept me playing it to the end was I really... I was fascinated by the inclusion, and mainly from a writing perspective, of Scott Shelby. Uh, I was like, "What oh, is yeah. this guy doing in here? Why is this side story part of uh, why am I being shown this stuff? This guy seems so peripheral to what 's going on, and not only yeah. that, he is such an uncharacteristic type of video game character." And I liked the, the little reveals about him being a cop. That's not a spoiler. It's pretty early on. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I liked his interactions with other characters and, and, and the game world. Like I, he was, he was the, the only thing that kept me going through to the end of, of Heavy Rain. Uh, I could not have cared less about uh, Nam and Jaden and Ethan Mars.
0: I guess the reason I liked Jaden and Mars was, Mars, I wanted to see what was next, because really he is the main character, you know, I mean, so, like, I was kind of curious as to what was going to happen for each of his little, you know, things he had to do, and, and with Jaden, I liked his interface, that was, like, straightly, straight for a gameplay, yeah aspect I, I like the the artificial intelligent intelligence thing. I, I thought that was like a, some of the cooler scenes. Um now it, they could have been acted better, of course. <laughs> but but <laughs>
1: Well, and cer- go ahead. Go it's ahead.
0: confusing. It's it like his part is like really confusing at certain points too. But, you know, what can you do about that? He's a strange character.
1: And and they certainly establish Ethan Mars. Uh they, they give him the most early character development. You, you know, that that yeah. whole prologue with losing his son and uh I, I really you know, I could tell this is the character they wanted to be the, the emotional hook for the player. This is who the player wants to care about. This is who, you know, obviously he's the one that gets involved the whole serial killer subplot uh, most oh, yeah. personally. Uh, so, yeah, that that was their hook.
0: So, But, no, Shelby I do like. You know, Shelby's, like, a really cool character as far as, like, uh, just his part of the game. It's just that you kind of... They they kind of like buddy you up with an uninteresting character, yeah. and then like you know you, you get tossed into all these like kind of stupid situations. <laughs>
1: I kept uh, wondering with Scott Shelby, you know, yeah, the the almost every little scenario he's in I just felt so implausible. Like why yeah. the clues being delivered to him? Why didn't the police find these? You know, why are people? How come he keeps locking into these situations where he he wins somebody's confidence through some contrived event? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so puzzling just from a writing perspective.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's like the thing. It's like I like his character, but it's just one of those like every time it would come to like a Shelby part, I'd be like, oh, God, so what's it going to be now, yeah. you yeah. know?
1: <laughs> All right, McMaster, let's get spoiler. spoiler right. it. So everybody listening who hasn't played Heavy Rain, either resign yourself to not playing Heavy Rain and keep listening to us or get out. Because we're about to spoil stuff about the game. And it is because it's so story driven. If you listen to us talk and you still plan on playing Heavy Rain, we're, we're going to potentially ruin it for you. So you have
0: warned. Oh, yeah. We will
1: ruin it for you. We will. All right. Let's give them a brief <laughs> countdown. We're going to give you a count of three. Three, two, one. All right. Could you freaking believe that Scott Shelby was the killer? No, that's that's what oh. really
0: kind of got me. Like, you know, in a way, I, I like what they pulled. It was, like, completely unexpected, but it was so in front of you the whole time that you kind of – I started to kind of expect it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really didn't. I'm I'm so clueless because I, I – you, you know, it, that was the answer to all the questions I had about, well, why are they doing this scene with him? Why is all that – I mean, oh, yeah. it's simply because they wanted to give you that twist, and I was just so – i mean part of me yeah was surprised and i enjoyed being surprised but i just i to to me jason i'm not sure that bears up i mean what you're what you learn about this character and you mentioned the baby scene for instance yeah i I love that scene i mean it's kind of stupid you know it it feels so silly doing first aid and getting a baby to burp with a six-axis controller but but what it's establishing is that this man is very gentle and very caring uh and and that's a great bit of character development but oh guess what? He's also the sadistic evil killer who makes people cut off fingers and crawl through glass and, and drowns their children. That just there was no that, that just felt like such a narrative fake out to me.
0: You know, do like, you do you still watch Lost?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It reminds me of Log, man. Thank
1: you. Thank you very you know? much. You know yeah. what
0: I'm saying? That is such a <laughs> rip off. Why would you develop such a great character for so long?
1: <laughs> Well, you know, you know, Jason McMaster, I, I wonder. Heavy Rain does kind of feel like being cheated by yeah. episodic TV, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it, it kind of does. It's it, that same kind of thing. Like like this character development, none of this matters. The writing we're doing, none of this matters. All that matters, all that we care about is the episodic need to have a gotcha uh, at yeah, various basically. moments. Um
0: and that's, you know, that's kind of the bummer about Heavy Rain, too, is that, you know, they have this DLC and everything for it. And I believe I read somewhere else that they're not really planning on doing much else with it. So it's kind of like, why would you set the character of Madison Page up as heavily as you did and, you know, and not really use her?
1: And she was so I, – I just thought, if we're, you know, if we're going to have a female character do something interesting with her, she was just such this – stockholder kind of uh just tending to I mean oh you find out she's the reporter chasing the story whatever but she's actually fallen in love with him I mean that, that yeah. stuff was just felt so like shallow and even borderline insulting to well-written female characters
0: yeah see that's that's one of my biggest issues I think with heavy rain is that it, it's really corny yeah in, in certain points and then there's other points that are really cool uh I just it's it's really I don't know. It's a completely mixed bag.
1: <laughs> what is your favorite scene in Heavy Rain? Jeez, let me think.
0: I think you would have to break it down into different parts. I think the most creepy, like, cringeworthy scene is the broken glass part to me. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, as far as Nam and Jaden, uh, <laughs> I really like it when he's playing the piano. And the virtual reality. Oh yeah, guy yeah, comes yeah. That's a cool scene. And, um,
1: and you know cool what scene. that? You know what that felt like? It was. I don't want to say cribbed from because it wasn't too blatant. It seemed like a very respectful nod. But did it remind you of a, any movie?
0: It reminded me of Blade Runner, but to an extent. Oh, I
1: can see some of that. I, I was thinking more of the the butler talking to Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Or the butler. I think he's a bartender. Oh, yeah. The, the bartender. The
0: yeah. The old bartender guy that was there yeah, that killed his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by
1: the way, actually, Jason McMaster, we might be on a little trivia connection. Didn't the bartender, wasn't he played by the same actor who plays the, the chairman of the Terrell Corporation who gets his eyes thumbed out by Rutger Hauer? I think that was the oh, same actor. Man. So you mentioned Blade Runner, I mentioned The Shining, and we, we've got a little trivia connection there. So.
0: <laughs> and for Rutger Hauer. I just like saying Rutger Hauer.
1: That is a fun one to say, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> I, you think, Hawk. I think Naman Jaden's name should have been Rutger Hauer. I would have <laughs> I would have enjoyed that much better. <laughs>
0: I think he should have been played by Rutger Hauer. <laughs> and then I think Ethan should have been played by Nick Nolte. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> i got to go find my son. God damn it.
1: <laughs> I can now hear him yelling, Jason, yes.
0: I Jason, <laughs> God damn it.
1: Slow down. <laughs> so, my, my favorite scene, uh, and it was one of the rare instances where I really liked the creepy vibe, and I thought that it was a great bit of character development. My favorite scene was Ethan's dream sequence where uh, he's, he's looking for his son in the train station, and everybody freezes. And whenever he brushes against someone, they, they crumple. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was I like cool. Yeah, it was very cool, like, visually, as far as representing his, I don't know if he was agoraphobic, or I don't know what it's called when you're afraid of crowds, but that's obviously what was going on there. Yeah. Uh, and it was tied back to his character development, and it used a really creepy tech trick that I'd never seen before, where the the ragdoll just sits there, and the moment you touch it, it, it crumples. I loved that. That, that was sucks. something new and refreshing, and that, if for no other reason, that made me glad I was playing Heavy Rain.
0: Yeah, that's actually really cool. And it, it reminded me of, uh, there's a scene in Max Payne kind of like that, where you have to follow the blood trails and stuff. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird, like, imagination. And I think there's one in God of War three like that, too, kind
1: of. Oh, right? Lord. Well, the whole last 30 minutes of God of War III. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, kind of, yeah, that's what's kind of ridiculous about that game. But uh, anyway. <laughs>
1: uh, um, what uh, What did you think about... Uh, This is kind of a red herring because it doesn't go anywhere, and I was a little frustrated with this. The idea that they're setting up those blackouts that Ethan has to make you think. But they set it up, and I'm okay with red herrings, but they don't ever explain it. It just felt kind of cheap. Like, okay, he's been blacking out, but we're going to forget about that, and we're not going to talk about it once the resolution of the story comes up.
0: Yeah, I don't – that was like – God, it it was totally – it, well, playing that game is like watching a very standard, with a few cool parts, like action movie, you know, or protagonist chase movie. Because it's like, oh, look, we have the, oh, he could be the killer thing, and then just all of a sudden it's gone. Right. right. Yeah, I, I don't understand why you would you would spend that much time, like the psychiatrist scene, you know. Oh, that, right, that right. Is, you know, that doesn't really show up much uh, after that, outside of that one, the other cop just beating the hell out of him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know. It, it, it's like one thing that I actually kind of found weird was when you're in Norman Jaden's, like. Uh, you're saying it wrong.
1: You're saying it wrong.
0: Uh, and Jaden. Right. <laughs> when you're in his artificial intelligence uh, database, you can do, like, all these searches for, like, origami shops and stuff like that. But you can't actually go to them. Yeah. You know, and there was only one that showed up in the database. So you're thinking, well, if there's only one, surely I can go to it and ask them. But it's like, nope. And probably not worth the time. You know, he's an origami killer. He probably doesn't like
1: origami. It really is sad. The, 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 the lack of attention given to this kind of cool police work sub game that they built in there was really disappointing. Because when you first put on those you know, the glasses, and you're looking at the clues, you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be some cool, like, minigame, or there's going to be cross-referencing of things, or maybe there will be uh, little side missions you can do. And it, it sets up the promise of, of a really cool feature that goes nowhere. I was really disappointed in that.
0: Yeah, they were, and they pulled the a psych on you there. There's yeah. no doubt. Psych! Um,
1: which or, wallpaper did you use when you were doing the... Uh, which virtual wallpaper did you oh, use when you were doing this work?
0: The woods. The the uh okay. the nice like Nantucket looking woods area I was always how about you
1: I think I used the it was like a Martian desert or something
0: yeah that one's really cool too the planets in the background I so like that
1: what one. does it say about us what wallpaper we used
0: I don't know I said Robert Frost too and I just mentioned trees so <laughs> I think and uh, I'm going to try to work mending uh, fence or mending wall in there uh, eventually as well well done. <laughs> now, you know, with heavy rain, uh, they, I think they they miss out. I, I know he say, he was saying he didn't want to do a sequel, but, but that brings me back to Madison Page. You know, they released. Uh, did you did you try the DLC? I didn't. Released... So
1: what is it? Uh, explain it to me.
0: Okay, it's basically just another scene. From heavy rain, uh, just like one of their regular scenes where she shows up at this guy's house looking for the Origami Killer. It's not him, but it's another killer, you know. And he has creepy stuff in his house. Imagine that. I mean, it would. So be it's the of... same
1: as the doctor who ties her up and is going to. Right, which okay. I
0: was going to mention because I'm actually quite fond of that scene um, in a few ways because the first time I played it. Um, When he left, I went and looked in all the drawers and stuff and got the stuff I needed. And I went and looked in the drawer and saw that he had tons of sleeping pills down there. And you think, well, he doesn't really need to go somewhere else to get me sleeping pills. You know, he's going to kill me. So I left, and I got a trophy that says smart girl. And I'm like, okay. So then I went back, and I had to replay it again and drink the – whatever champagne or whatever he pours you and drugs which is so obvious. Right. Right. And uh <laughs> and uh yeah, I did the whole tied to the bench thing, but it, you know, it's almost exactly like that actually. You go to this guy's house and um you go inside, and you're looking around, and you find that he's been, like, stuffing women or something. That's why it's called the Oh, taxidermist. the taxidermist.
1: That's right, right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it, it seems like if they wanted to, they could really take her character and link her to, like, another serial killer story or something if they wanted to do that. But, you know, it doesn't seem like they're really that interested. Then again, you know, that biggest thing that I was happy about is that it didn't turn out like Fahrenheit or did, uh, Indigo, so, Indigo
1: Prophecy. Right. So you've played that because I've never played that. What – Go ahead, and, we're in, still in spoiler territory, so spoil, what what happens? Because I understand it has an infamously bad ending, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I never actually finished it, but I, I was trying to do a piece for Crispy Gamer called, uh, you know, uh, WTF Hall of Fame. And it was <laughs> something that Gus Mastroffa and I were working on. And, right. and uh, one of them was Indigo Prophecy, and I never finished it. But you can go on YouTube and look stuff up about the Indigo Prophecy, and uh, I'll tell you exactly
1: uh, so to set the groundwork, isn't it? It's another serial killer tale, right?
0: Right, and this time it's like all snow. Okay. You know? Oh, hence and,
1: Fahrenheit, hence the yeah. the European name or whatever, right? And then I'm trying to is this the one, I'm trying to remember because there
0: was two games. One of them had giant space babies in it, and I want to say that's Indigo for prophecy, <laughs> but. I could be wrong. Let me let me see if Google has that for Well, me. that's Half-Life,
1: go- isn't it? Didn't Half-Life end with a giant... <laughs> yeah. Or one of the expansions didn't end with a giant space uh, baby that you fight? Maybe I'm thinking of yeah. System Shock. I don't know.
0: God, man. The only Half-Life add-on I remember is one that I can't really even remember the title of, but I remember you crushed some giant worm's heart with your arms. It, it's like a Western, sci-fi Western one or something.
1: Uh, not that... So here's another one that I... While you're looking that up, I remember a serial killer game called uh, Harvester, which is from the... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it's the heyday of the full motion video stuff. Do you remember the ending of Harvester by any chance?
0: I don't. I remember the game. I don't remember the ending.
1: So Harvester was this very freaky, like David Lynchian, Twin Peaks kind of surreal scenes that you go through. Yeah. Uh, and you even you know you get a chainsaw and there's just, just little, weird little things happening. You're killing people, and at the very end, you have to bludgeon to death with a baseball bat your girlfriend. Like that's the ending of the game. This girl that you've been saving and doing I don't know escort missions or whatever. She's been coming along with you, and you have to kill her. And she's like no, don't kill me, don't kill me, and you 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 have to kill her to end the game. You beat her with a baseball bat. At which point you realize that the entire game you were in a virtual reality tank. That's designed to train serial killers, and oh, wow. the game ends with you hitchhiking and picking up a ride with presumably your your first victim, <laughs> so that that was harvester uh, wow, which actually yeah, though i you know I think that's kind of a cool ending, I mean compared to some of the other crappy endings we've seen, I kind of like that I didn't care oh, yeah to, yeah
0: I mean no doubt uh, it's. It's funny that you mention that because that was during the same time period. that It seemed like there was a million horror games. There was, like, Phantasmagoria. Ah,
1: right, right, right. Uh,
0: which was the Roberto Williams one. Um, oh, God. There the one, was that uh, vampire one or whatever.
1: The, the one that I remember from even earlier than Harvester, uh, and I, I tried to look, maybe it was called Dreamweaver, Dream something, but it's it's kind of a cyberpunk setting. It was a top-down uh, interface, you know, you're moving around, almost like an Ultima game, uh, and you are contacted by these extra-dimensional beings who need you to basically be a serial killer and murder people who are going to do terrible things, and I remember one of them is you you burst in on a dude who's having sex with his girlfriend and you shoot him, another one is there's a guy being interviewed on a talk show and you drop a light onto him and crush him, uh, <laughs> But it's a serial killer game, but you're given an excuse for this is why you have to do this. These robed, interdimensional beings tell you to do this. And I think maybe it was Dreamweaver. And I recall that being a very cool game just because it was before serial killer games were kind of passe. What was that movie with Bill
0: Paxton where he was... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, with you know could have been? Yeah, or his
1: younger brother, or for some reason I want to say it's based... Oh, it's got some word like misery or...
0: Something Hative. like yeah yeah, it's like one word. And yeah. It's like, yeah, he's yeah, he kills people or whatever. That's right.
1: And it's because uh, beings tell them they demon. have to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're demon. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well someone will have to post to the thread what exactly what movie and what game we're, we're thinking of. Uh, if I'm remembering
0: correctly here now, it's actually Indigo Prophecy, I think, was space cockroaches.
1: Oh, instead of space babies.
0: Right. That was uh <laughs> The, the it was a dragon game. I've got it somewhere too. The space babies.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's something about uh yeah
1: uh, cockroaches and. Uh... <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so uh, when, uh, so so they're saying there's no more DLC like like taxidermist is it for heavy rain and they're done with it. Is that the the current where it currently stands?
0: I'm not sure about that, but they I think they said that they're not going to carry any uh anything else over. Right. If you know what I mean, like there's not going to be like a heavy rain too. There might be like one or two DLC, I think. But uh yeah, no, they're not going to make another one, I guess. Uh, well, they've used snow and rain, so I guess the next one will be, I don't know, wind. Wind, yeah, or hail, or yes. <laughs> or frogs. If you're a magnolia fan, or whatever. Uh,
1: I am guessing, by the way, that heavy rain. It would be fairly easy to find used copies of that game.
0: Oh, exceptionally easy, actually. I uh, talked to the guy at the local GameStop. Um, And uh, he hated it. And uh, it's pretty much everybody around there didn't really like it, which you could – yeah, I mean, if you were to go into GameStop, your average game player, and pick up Heavy Rain, they'd probably go, what the hell is this? Right. You know, your your average GameStop person because they're there for, like, Tony Hawk or, well, not Tony Hawk anymore, Skate. Right. um... (laughs) Well, the
1: thing is I think that people who are – when people are sold this idea that here is a very cinematic, character-driven game, they think of something like Uncharted, where it's actually a shooter with platforming or whatever, and there that's are there are cutscenes between it, and that's where the, But but I don't think gamers are really conditioned to think in the in the language of those old adventure games, where no. the cutscenes are pretty much all there is to it. Uh, so I think right. that's what would flummox the average GameStop uh, shopper.
0: Oh yeah, no, no doubt. It's it's consoles too. You know, consoles aren't exactly the best medium for this kind of game. It's I mean, they they end up on it because you're going to sell a lot more copies right. on a console right. than you ever will on a PC. But it's just not it's just not the same on a console. You know, you have to have weird controls for it. Like, you know, quick time event controls, which shaking the controller and moving the sticks up and down is the only times that I ever missed things in that game because the symbols look too close to me, I think.
1: You know what, Jason, I will say I would rather have their funky six-axis QTE stuff than simply pointing and clicking with a mouse. I mean, I, I... even though I didn't care for the so. gameplay, I kind of respected what they were going at, making you shake the controller to burp the baby and, you, you know, testing how warm the milk was. I, like, that sort of interactivity to represent just mundane activities that the characters are doing, I, I would—I was glad they did something kind of different rather than just having it be point and click. Uh,
0: well, yeah, I'll say I like that, too. And, I mean, to the same extent... uh I like that a lot more than I do most Wii game controllers. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, Because, Jesus, who wants to flail around for like an hour or more uh, when you play a game? Uh, Oh, God.
1: I'm at the point, Jason, where unless it's something like Boom Blocks, where it's just a simple, you know, throwing interface or something, anything I play on the Wii, I don't, I don't want to have to use any Wii controls. I want to be able to use a classic controller or just use the buttons and the D-pad on the Wii controller. I just, I mean, not so open the Wii Yeah.
0: I hardly ever turn mine on anymore, but when I do, yeah, no, I, I use just a classic controller. I, God, yeah, the last game I reviewed on it was a, a Spy Bots, I believe, which wasn't bad, but. Too much shaking in that game, or in all their games. It's oh,
1: well, you know what? Get get you get ready for more of that with the uh, PlayStation Move and the uh, Natal for the Xbox 360.
0: You know, Natal at least <laughs> looks kind of interesting to an extent. You know, I I'll say that I'm not. I can't even remotely imagine like standing in my living room and pretending to box. Uh, uh, you know, or pretending to like use some sort of martial art or shoot a gun, you know? I, will I can say, see shooting a gun. But
1: no. I can't see well, answers. I will say this for you, Jason. It should make for some interesting footage, this E3.
0: I tried so hard to get so many. Uh, I'm constantly trying to get games from the manufacturers with the uh, controllers so that I can uh, show off how ridiculously bad I am (laughs) at using them. I I wanted to do one for Tony Hawk Ride, and I just never got the chance to, and nobody would have watched it
1: anyway because that game's awful. Uh, You know what, Jason? No, I would watch you play. You know, I have have a copy of Tony Hawk Ride that – Come take it from me. I don't. Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, uh, mine. Uh, I, it had an accident. <laughs> it fell off of a, out of my truck into a trade-in. Uh, <laughs>
1: <Something else? laughs> no, you know, I thought you were going to say maybe you uh, lit it on fire and dragged it behind your truck, your truck, and let wow. Thor ride it.
0: <laughs> I should have. <laughs> it would have. It would have been a, a fitting fate, you know. And I love that he got so mad. You know, that people gave his game a bad review. It's like, (laughs) did you play your game? It's absolutely terrible. I mean, if you know how to skateboard at the level of Tony Hawk, I guess maybe it's easy to control.
1: You know? Even then, I can't imagine. No, I I can't imagine. So, you know, Tony Hawk ride is the best thing to ever happen to EA's skate series. (laughs)
0: I agree, because skate, skate is frustrating and difficult, but at least it doesn't have a stupid, like, you know, required, mind you, like a $100 peripheral. Yeah.
1: So, Jason, I am about to ask you a completely random question that has nothing to do with anything we talked about. All right. Are you are you prepared for this? I am prepared. Now, this is a weird one, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but I'm just going to throw the question out there. Uh, All right. And, uh... And there will be a thread in everything else with this question as the title. Okay, here right. we go. When was the last time you puked? Hmm. Let me think. And you know what? Before you answer that, here's the twist. I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want to hear stories about people puking. That's just gross. I don't want to think about the last time I puked, and I don't want to hear about the last time you puked. So there's going to be a thread With this title, and if you post in this thread, you are not eligible to win a free game. Instead, everybody who's posted up to now in the previous contests who does not post in the When's the Last Time You Puked thread will go into the drawing. (laughs) There you go. So instead of talking about the last time you puked, uh, what do you watch on TV? So you, you, you watch Lost? Do you keep up with that? Or um, you?
0: Yeah, I watch Lost. We watch uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
1: Oh, what um, is that? I've heard of that.
0: I, oh, God, it's pretty amazing. It's it's almost like uh, it's one of the most morally bankrupt shows I've ever seen in my life. Uh, every character on it is absolutely disgusting, and they're, they're complete idiots. You no, know, I kind
1: of don't want to know any more because that actually really makes me want to watch it. Who famous is involved with it? Danny DeVito. Uh, now you're making me not want to see it.
0: <laughs> He's brilliant in it, though. You would, uh, you need to see it. What right? what
1: network is it on?
0: Uh, it's on um, FX. FX.
1: Okay. Uh, and is has it been going for a while, or is it a new show?
0: Um, it's four or five seasons. But the thing about Sonny is that uh, th- there's very few inside jokes that really carry over. You know, it's it's one of those things that
1: you could watch just a single episode. Ah, it's no like Arrested Development or, or something. Right. right? Yeah,
0: I mean Arrested Development is funny on its own as well, but the inside jokes are such a huge part of it, right? right. So, um, but yeah, Always Sunny. I mean, you know, South Park, of course. I can't, I can't help myself. So, uh, Supernatural.
1: Um, so someone posted on Supernatural that they had a really gory zombie episode. Is this true? They had a zombie episode where like zombies eating people and getting headshotted.
0: There's, I don't, I don't think it was a zombie episode, but I remember the episode I think they're talking about. And it's where two people uh, actually devour each other. Whoa. Like, yeah, like it, it's like starts off as like making out and stuff and then they start like actually eating each other. Man, that, it's that's, actually,
1: that's way grosser than talking about the last time you puked.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. It was, it's actually, that's the thing about that show that I don't understand, is most of it's completely non-gore. Uh, it's like, there might be like a couple of little gross things, but it seems like in the first five minutes of that show, they like to have this like gory shot. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but
1: it's like for the hook for like, the audience. That's the yeah, yeah.
0: It's, and like the rest of the show is absolutely normal. Not that much gore, but there's always something. Well, not always, but a, a large portion of the time, there's something like really gross in the first few minutes. Now no,
1: wait a minute, McMaster. Is it supernatural? Some some deal like with two like good-looking young dudes. Like, isn't it something for? Isn't it like X Files for teenage girls? Well, hey.
0: <laughs> you've been busted. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's actually it's pretty well written. Um, Honestly, and if you're a big fan of McG, (laughs) who is the producer i believe he he used to do music videos I, i'm just kind of joking about him I, I now know.
1: okay see you jerk i thought you actually <laughs> see i am a big fan of McGee. i i am a huge apologist for the charlie's angels movies that he did Really? I, did, I hated the terminator movie and i didn't see his we were marshall thing but but i i, I really liked McGee's sensibility as it was expressed in those charlie's angels movies so when you tell me that he's a producer of supernatural that makes yeah. me want to cut it a break okay
0: yeah, he's uh, yeah, and the show's really good. He's actually in a couple of episodes, if I remember correctly. They had, like, a couple of uh, TV or movie set episodes, and he plays a producer and stuff like that. Do uh,
1: you know if he directs any of the episodes?
0: I do not think he directs. Um, and this is the final season, so if you're ever curious oh. about it, you know, just wait for it to end. You know, you can just watch it all at once. Right. Um, the writer of the show died last year.
1: Uh, is that why so. it's the final season?
0: Yeah, I think they were going to end it anyway, but uh, I guess it's as uh, good as time as any.
1: How does the TV writer die? What happened to him?
0: No, I I actually don't know. Let's see. I think it was maybe cancer. Cancer gets them all. <laughs> um, let's see. It's
1: written by... It could have been a car wreck or it could have been, I, I don't know, drug That's, overdose or...
0: I f- think it was cancer okay. uh, creation for us, uh, Eric uh, Kripke is the guy's name. Hey, you're looking this up uh, online. That's cheating. I know. I cheat all the time. <laughs> That's no, I, I I never cheat. I'm, I'm one of those guys that can cheat at a game. It drives me nuts. Uh,
1: so, okay, what else do you watch? Do you watch Breaking Bad? You
0: know, I did watch uh, the first few episodes of Breaking Bad, and I keep meaning to go back to it. It's a really fascinating show. Yep. Really, really well acted, too.
1: Are you watching this uh, Pacific thing on HBO?
0: No, I want I actually don't have cable anymore. Um I uh cancelled it a while back thanks to stuff like Hulu. Yeah. You know? Ah right,
1: <laughs> so, yes, like, exactly. Right.
0: Um but uh, once it's uh completed or whatever or, or you know, if I get a chance, I certainly want to see it because I absolutely love Band of Brothers, you know. Um
1: Have you ever heard right of this uh this American sitcom called uh, The Office?
0: I have heard of that. Uh, I I was on that. The guy that was on it. Oh, that
1: was you. I was on that once. Yeah, how about that? (laughs) When I give you my copy of Tony Hawk Ride, I'll sign it for you. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, I mean, I am going to be at E3, so I totally expect.
1: That's the last time I saw you was last E3. I cannot tell you, Jason, how cool it was meeting you. Like, you were one of these guys, and I'm not just blowing smoke at you. I, I honestly feel this way. You're one of these guys that I know online, and then I meet him, and I'm like, "Wow, that guy was awesome! I want to hang out with that guy." Uh, uh, yeah, I,
0: yeah, actually, I was a—I uh, I really liked uh, like you and Troy, man. Meeting you guys was great.
1: And that's Damn. what, yeah, that's I—that's what I'm mainly looking forward to at E3. I could not care less about all the uh, Natal demos we're going to get. Uh, oh, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's that's mainly—I think that and the PlayStation Move—that's pretty much all they're going to have at E3. It's just people waving their hands around and. Yeah, it's going to be very awkward. That's going to be awesome, actually.
0: I, I, I'm happy. I'm bringing the camera, you know, as long as there's people acting like asses I'm, and I'm there. Uh,
1: I'm, does I'm Sarah happy. ever come? Your wife's name is Sarah, right?
0: Yeah, she's actually coming this
1: year. Oh, awesome. Uh, Good. We'll get to meet Sarah.
0: Yeah, me, uh, she, I, and um, Nick and Brian, we're all going to be there, luckily.
1: Nick and Brian are the two guys you do the site with?
0: Right, yeah. Very cool. Um I'll tell you one of my other—I forgot. There is a, a, an absolute video of me being a jackass that uh, uh, Troy uh, recorded on
1: FrameRated. I think I know where... the one you're thinking of. I'm well acquainted with it. Is it? Is it uh, yeah. The cheerleader? <laughs>
0: yeah, the cheer. Yeah, the yeah. cheer too. Yeah,
1: you—you yeah. you show great facility. You should have been in—I don't know—you know—that uh, Glee club or whatever they do, like male cheerleader club, <laughs> and for some college basketball team. I think I think you've got a future in that, Jason. If Frame Rated collapses.
0: You know, speaking of which, you don't watch Glee, do you? Uh,
1: you know what I. Don't what is that? It's a TV show about
0: yeah
1: about Glee Club. What is it
0: about? Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's a TV show about a Glee Club. I, I was just curious as your thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, I don't watch that. Uh, it's a it's a real mixed bag. I but you do watch this. You watch Supernatural and Glee, and you claim me not to be a teenage girl. Is that correct? No, well,
0: I'm I'm trying to be, but. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. I think my science has failed me on this one. At last. I have failed. I'm not going to be able to become a teenage girl. Well, the, the truth is my wife and uh, her best friend, Jennifer, they, they're they always watching um, like they watched Veronica Mars uh, mm-hmm. and stuff, and I was there during that. And it's like I, I don't really – I'm not totally into the show or anything, but I, since you're there – you're kind of listening to it the whole time, so I, I'm like, you know, subconsciously like following plot lines. Yeah, I, I, I'll find myself on occasion remembering something from, uh, oh god, what was that show? Uh, with yeah, Gilmore Girls. Uh, like that, I, that I like have no idea why I knew that. You know, now, I,
1: I understand the wife excuse. I mean, I've had the girlfriend excuse. Everything I know, for instance, about Grey's Anatomy. I know from having dated someone and I would be at her house and she's watching Grey's Anatomy and I'm not going to say turn that off that's for chicks you know I'm going to sit there and I'm going to accidentally absorb some of it so yeah I I know about things like you know Dr. dreamy I oh. I can have a conversation about uh, Patrick Dempsey I have never seen Grey's Anatomy. I've been lucky. Oh, I, I mean, that. I haven't either. That's what I meant to say. I don't know the first oh, thing. Yeah, about...
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Right. I, I never, yeah, I mean, I've never actually <laughs> seen any of these.
1: <laughs> uh, my friend Christian, who maybe you'll get to meet at E3, he's a huge Gilmore Girls fan. He loves uh, yeah. And he'll claim it's because of his wife, but no, he's totally into Gilmore Girls, like you. <laughs> like you are.
0: But, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I really care about Rory, you know. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm very invested.
1: Uh, Is Gilmore Girls over? Is that done?
0: I think, yeah, it ended a couple years ago, I think.
1: Uh, The actress who plays Rory, I know I've seen Lauren Graham in some movies, but I, I think the actress who plays Rory, they keep trying to... Uh, I, I suppose give her like a Lindsay Lohan type career. I don't know what they're doing with her, but I've, I've seen yeah. her name in a few movies. Yeah. That
0: reminds me of that kid that was in a uh, Zombie Land. He looks so much like Michael Sarah that I kind of thought it was Michael Sarah at first. You know, it's like the guy who looks like Michael Sarah.
1: Okay, Jason McMaster, you are a terrible movie dork, uh Jesse Eisenberg, pre like like Michael Cera is sort of a, a fun goofball TV comedy actor, and they're trying to give him some dramatic depth. But Jesse Eisenberg is a fantastic series. Like he's he's got a Michael Sarah vibe, but that guy is a great actor, and he has That's ten times as much gravity. As Michael Cera. Uh, let's see, the Squid and the Whale was probably his first like big thing with Jeff I Daniels. Seen
0: it, but, I, but I know about it. I actually wanted to see it.
1: So even before the Squid and the Whale, he was in a great little indie movie with Campbell Scott, who's George C. E. Scott's son, called Roger Dodger, um, which I, I recommend. That that's an example of wow, this Jesse Eisenberg kid is great. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he gets to. I don't know if he makes out with her or kisses her. Maybe I'm misremembering this, but he gets to kiss Jennifer Beals. That's Flashdance well, Jennifer Beals, which, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, sure,
0: she's a maniac.
1: So I can't believe that guys like you who just know him from Zombieland are like, oh, he's a Michael Cera wannabe. Well,
0: I've seen him in a couple of other things, but he just like really never stuck out, whereas, you know, Michael Sarah of right. you know, Arrested Development.
1: <laughs> uh, Adventureland. Jesse Eisenberg was in Adventureland, wasn't he? Wasn't he the... The Michael Sarah part in that?
0: Yeah, I believe so, actually. (laughs) See? See? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not just full of crap.
1: All right, well, uh, Jason, I've really enjoyed hanging out with you, and we will do more of this at uh, E3. Absolutely.
0: Uh Looking forward to
1: it. So, for folks listening, uh, you can win a free game if you do not post in the thread when was the last time you puked? Uh, and for ev- for everyone, next week we will have Fuzzy Slug here to talk about, and y- you mentioned this, Jason, so I know you're a fan, uh, Uncharted.
0: Uh, oh, it's a great game.
1: Yep. Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2 is, I would, I would. we'll get more into this next week, I would say a good game, but, and, and here's me maybe just being like a raging nerd, fanboy, <laughs> video game critic, uh, it's not as good as Uncharted 1. Thing. Wow, yeah, I, know.
0: I, I have not heard that one. I again. get,
1: I get uh, a fair amount of guff for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's not as bad as uh, uh, Deus Ex or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I get
1: a fair amount of guff for that one as well. Oh, and I the funny thing that... is nobody has picked wanting to talk about Deus Ex on this podcast. I, I would love for someone to no, that, take me uh, to ask about Deus Ex.
0: Well, that's like like somebody having, me having a podcast, somebody wanting to talk about Doom 3. You know?
1: <laughs> so... Or Frag Dolls. Or <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Jason, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, we will be right. seeing you around uh, on the forum.
0: Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> you are my lovely sweet. Yes, for my son and his wife. It's his 30th birthday. It's mm-hmm. my birthday the middle of the middle of It's more Mom is a a man. <laughs>